Hello, nerds. Welcome to Geek Beast, part of the Geekish Network. This is your daily rundown of geek news from geeks like you. If you are just with us for Crosstalk, thanks for staying. If you're joining us just now, let's get into the news. I am your host, Summer Punch, and with me, we have got Sintel. Yo, what's cracking? Yo, it is always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to work with you. I know this is Mm -mm -mm. tons Mm -mm. of fun. We got a busy Newsday schedule for for us. And I know you got the keys to the car. I get to sit back and watch you drive. Let's go. (laughs) A lot to talk about today, too. A lot of video game news. All right, so let's get into the huge news for today. And by the way, I'm loving these Monday vibes. Just get like straight into the news. Let's talk. Let's just talk shop about some video game shit, some nerd shit. I love it. I love it. All right, so Bungie um, has just been bought by Sony, Sony PlayStation, um, and the developer of Destiny and the um, the original creator of Halo. So Xbox has basically bought Crash Bandicoot and their acquisition of Activision, I think last week or the week before, I think that was for 69 million. Billion? It might have been billion. billion. I don't know, something insane like that. 69 billion. It's not a crazy jump, right? So Microsoft just like splashed around in the news. And then Sony is like, wait, um, can I have a little bit of attention here? Uh, Their acquisition is not quite as big, not 69 million billion, whatever the hell it is. It was for (laughs) $3.6 billion, though. So Sony buys Bungie. And Bungie is the original creator of Halo and the current developer of Destiny the online first-person shooter that was formerly made by Activision. So it's kind of funny and interesting to see Activision being split into both these different directions. Activision Publishing going off to Microsoft, and then Bungie, which split from Activision a few years ago, being bought up by Sony. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a whole lot of... a lot of swapping going mm-hmm. on. You know, I was saying mm-hmm. during cross during our cross chat, if you happen to miss it, I was saying earlier that this really feels like uh, uh, two rivals fighting over each other's exes. Um, because, uh, you know, Crash was once a Sony property and now it's over on Microsoft and now Bungie, same thing regarding some of the older Halo stuff. It's like, you just keep swapping, like swapping spouses, I guess that's, that's the word. Uh, <laughs> and it seems like this is still just the beginning and the price tag, like you said, is, is so considerably different, mm-hmm. but they are getting some, you know, some, something that's relatively interesting regarding the merger and that is the possibility of maintaining uh, the the Halo video series. Uh, please, uh, I know Defunk is probably in there, probably pulling his hair out. I'm like, I didn't put that in there, but I think, I think that, <laughs> that's one of the things that's in there. Um, yo, how are you what? feeling about, you know, all this Spider-Man money being spent like this? Um, I mean, I think it's there's a few interesting angles to talk about with this story of the Sony acquisition and then the Microsoft acquisition. And this is also right after 2K or sorry, Take Two had just acquired Zanga. So there's a lot of huge, massive acquisitions like one week after the other, first month of the year, um, right before the end of the fiscal year, too. Um, and I think. I think it's because their stock prices were low. People are pouncing to buy up those companies at a decent price while they are available. I know that's definitely uh, was a big thought behind Activision acquisition and the same thing with Zanga as well. Um, But, you know, all of these huge players in the market just kind of eating up the rest of the definitely not little guys like nobody would call activision a little guy bungie is a huge massive triple a developer so it's all these behemoths gobbling up equally large or very huge 
developer studios or publishers. So I don't know. I think it's I don't know, if you just kind of take a step back and look at you know what what are the main console de- or console publishers or developers. Um, that's obviously Sony with PlayStation. Microsoft with the Xbox and all its series, um, and then Nintendo, which has absolutely no fucking interest apparently in doing anything <laughs> that Microsoft. <laughs> Sony is doing. They don't even try to compete on the same playing field. They just have this complete, almost completely owned platform where you know people will make their AAA games also for Nintendo. But really, Nintendo has so many exclusives like Mario and pretty much anything that Nintendo makes um, originally stays exclusive to Nintendo. So you have these three consoles, um, Nintendo. Uh, the Xbox and PlayStation all vying for the best uh, IP, but they're also not necessarily making it exclusive anymore either because that's not really a strategy um, that's really been adopted. It's all about content, but not necessarily ex- uh, making your content exclusive to to each platform because they know that people are just going to kind of stick to whatever platforms that they've already been on. So I have a PlayStation. I'm going to keep buying PlayStations because all my friends are on PlayStations. I'm not even that big of a multiplayer gamer, but I'm still going to keep buying PlayStation because all of my points, all my friends, everything that I have is on there. My full content library is on there. So, you know, I love Bethesda games. Bethesda had also been bought up by Microsoft, Um, but there's, it's unlikely that I'm going to just buy a whole new um, console just to be able to play the next Skyrim. Actually, wait, no, that's a terrible example because the next Elder Scrolls, I think, is actually going to be exclusive. God, which fucking sucks. Okay, I am going to buy the next Xbox, but most people don't have that choice. Right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, you just see all these huge players and now you just kind of have, if you don't count in Nintendo because they're not really playing the same exact game, it's just Microsoft mm. and Sony eating up everybody around them. So I don't know. Is that good for consumers? Is that bad? These studios are being funded, but there's also not a lot of competition. Well, yeah, I think it's I think it's fine if you're doing what what this merger with Bungie seems to be doing, and that is maintaining people's accounts on other platforms because because that's a really mm-hmm. big deal. You want to have all this work, spend all your time developing uh, this um, your 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 gaming um, accolades and 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 points and all of that, and all of it be for naught. Um, and then um, you know, and it's just good for the developer as well in general because with multiple platforms, it goes more you know multiple streams of of income as well. I'm just curious as to you said a name that. That has me really curious, and that is Nintendo. It's like how much longer, you know, can they can they last? Because Nintendo seems to be just taking shots from all over the place. One of their largest uh, platforms, the Switch, uh, it seems mm-hmm. to be getting some additional competition with with Steam's version of their handheld gaming handheld gaming mm-hmm. device. Um, everybody moving over to 4K this and and Super HD that. They, they've been more focused on just you know really like seven or eight like really good solid titles and milking that same thing over and over and over Mm -hmm. again are they going to be able to compete under their own power and if not who would you want to see nintendo go to Hmm. interesting i doubt that nintendo would ever be acquired if that happened it would be just cause huge ripples throughout the industry Mm. i don't know if that if they would sell to i don't know it's not like i know the execs there but it would be an interesting dynamic to see that happen although i would bet that it just doesn't. I think that Nintendo, um, you know, like I was saying in crosstalk, like all of these, all of these major companies, their strategy is to go really deep and really wide on the franchises that they own. Right. So they they're owning strong IPs. They're building up their IPs. It's kind of like the Marvel um, approach, right? Like they took 
superheroes that weren't even their biggest, baddest superheroes. And they made them into, you know, they made an entire world uh, and universe out of it. Uh, and it's been enormously successful, right? And people love Marvel. Um, at least yeah. I do. And everybody who watches Marvel, which is everybody. Um, and they keep going <laughs> back to it. And they're just going to keep watching the next one just because you know, they're going to watch it. Like, I know a lot of people that watch Eternals didn't think like, you know, crazy things about it, but they were just going to watch it anyways because it's a given at that point. So now that we know that that kind of consumer behavior continues to perpetuate in this like world building ecosystem, they're just mm -hmm. going to go deeper and deeper. But Nintendo was doing that a long time ago. Like that was their strategy like 20 years ago, at least right. 30 years ago. Like yeah. the first Mario game that I played was came out before I was born. Um, and I think I was only just a few years old and I'm still playing Mario games, right? Still, so, yes. Yeah, yeah, their strategy has been working. I feel like everybody else has just been gotten wiser to it. I think, um, uh, I'm just, I'm gonna jump in real quick. Um, I, they can hear me, by the way, too, Summer. Okay, so, you never know. Uh, yeah, 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 they can hear me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was listening to a podcast the other day where they were kind of talking about like exactly what you just said, where Eternals, you have all these, all these different frames franchise IPs and people are just making them because they know people will watch them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're not necessarily mm -hmm. looking for like home runs. They're only in like a sports sports par uh, parlance, right? They're not necessarily looking for home runs. They're like, they're happy with, singles and doubles right because mm -hmm. they just know so for instance Star Trek they use Star Trek as an example in Paramount Plus they have mm -hmm. all these Star Trek shows that are coming out but they're like they're they're fine with like they know that all the Star Trek people are going to watch it and come mm -hmm. and make you know make a subscription and you know buy a subscription to Paramount Plus and they're okay with it not being like the next Game of Thrones right you know like they they're just okay right. with it so cuz they know they have that built-in audience that yeah at the very least will get it and if it crosses over then hey cool but they're they're very happy with like just that sort of middle of the road we know that these fans will will join and take a look at it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and just produce enough content in that universe to keep that fan base engaged and alive and not bored. Um, but also, you know, striking a balance where you're not just pumping out content that cheapens the brand too. So, you know, some uh, like I would say that Sony almost ran into that problem with. Um, so I don't know if you guys have heard, there's this really good NPR Planet Money episode on the Spider-Man problem and, um, and like the legalistic uh, problem between Sony and Marvel. Marvel sold their Spider-Man IP to Sony um, decades ago. Sony has since made Spider-Man into like a mega hit. Um, but Sony, ha the only way that Sony can keep their IP is by continually making another Spider-Man every like 5.6 three years or something kind of silly like that. So right. that's why we've had so many Spider-Mans in the last, I don't know, 20 years. Um, mm -hmm. And in the middle where we, they had that Andrew Garfield era, it didn't do quite as well because they're just not as good as making those like incredible films um, that Marvel is now a pro at. So it's kind of interesting to see that balance they're attempting to be struck, but Sony not quite nailing it. Um, I think they recovered a little bit with the Tom Holland era, but it'll be kind of interesting to see how they continue to manage that relationship and, and basically like desperately hold on to that IP uh, without letting it slip away while overproducing content for a single comic book or, uh, hero. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that the answer to that is what they call the, the Spider-Verse. 
um, the the the, the yeah. multiverse of Spider-Man. Um, they're going to be bringing back all everybody from from Miles to the uh, the Indian version of their version of Spider-Man to to Gwen Stacy's version of Spider-Man. They got a whole bunch of them that, that they can go off of, and that's just the cinematic space. We're not even talking about animation, and plus other mini cartoons, and plus some of the stuff that Marvel can do with it as well. So it's not going anywhere uh, anytime soon. We're definitely going to get our our fill of it, but. Um, but Sony is also, you know, they've got a really good avenue re regarding giving like high quality, uh, um, like uh, video games and, and comic book uh, properties and giving them a voice. So don't be surprised if, if Bungie doesn't use that same pipeline as well. And, and you see like some kind of like Destiny-esque uh, TV show or, or anime or, or movie in the works as well. A big shout out to the funk who said uh, to my response earlier regarding if Halo was going to be, uh, if, if Sony's going to have access to, to Halo. He was like, nah, Microsoft owns Halo, lock, stock, and barrel. So that, that answers that particular mm -hmm. question. But, you know, depending on, and I'm sure Sony's paying attention to what Paramount Plus does with the Halo series, um, Destiny has a very rich and robust story as deep as Halo's in, 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 in a lot of different ways. Ways. And people love that that starry space bounty hunter moving from planet to planet kind of thing, figuring out what's you know what, what evils lurk in, in the hearts of the planet kind of kind of storyline. So it's it's perfect. They're they're built for that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we touched on this a little bit in our crosstalk, but the live action Halo TV show has a release date now, and it was revealed in a new teaser trailer. So Paramount Plus has debuted two new trailers for the long awaited live action Halo series, revealing it's fast approaching March 24th, 2022 release date. So that's just around the corner, like just barely over a month away, a month and a half. Um, yeah. Are you going to watch it? Are you much of a Halo player? You don't have to say yes to this one. I know I'm not, but uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't love the series and appreciate what it's done for gaming. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I love the game. I know I've got a very good overview of the storyline. You know, I'm not as deep into, into the Halo lore as some people are because there are books, there's novels uh, that go really deep into the lore. And there's a lot of story that that, that you can pull from. But uh, based off of what I've seen, as, as far as the imagery goes, I'm, I'm all in regardless of some of the, you know, hesitations that some people uh, do feel. And, and it's not perfect, but uh, I'm certainly going to be showing up. What is it, March 22nd? Is that, is that what you said it's is coming March out? March 24th. Yeah, March 24th. Yeah, yeah, abs absolutely. I mean, if, even if you don't know what the Halo's overall storyline is, it's just going to be cool to see the pretty pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about what Master Chief has been doing, but I know he got, like, lost for some time. I don't know. And yeah. then came back. I saw a trailer. It was pretty exciting. I got pretty pumped about it, and I've literally never even played the game. I mean, I did play it a little bit in college, but not enough to really get like that attached to it. But right. uh, whatever Master Chief is up to, I, I might drop in and see how he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but in you know what? There are let me. There, there are a couple of small little caveats that people okay. have issues with. One is is Master Chief's size. You don't really get a really full blown full size. He's a big dude, and he's not necessarily depicting that in the imagery that's shown uh, in the in the trailer. Um, Cortana. Some people have a problem with Cortana, which is his artificial mm -hmm. intelligent partner that lives in the back of his head, and she I, like he can. I hear see we her. got a reveal what she looks like. So she's never been right. embodied before. Is that right?
Well, yes and no. The original creator of Cortana has been revealed in the games as a human, as a regular human being, and she is based off of that human being. But as far as the construct that Master Chief sees, never. This is the first time we've actually seen flesh on her digital bones. Mm. And it looks it looks really good, but some people feel some kind of way about it. And then, of course... The other big thing is the voice. Um, you know, we've had Master Chief's a certain voice as Master Chief for, shoot, 20 years almost, it seemed like, damn mm-hmm. near. I forgot how long, it's been at least 15 years. And now we have a new voice that is that is Master Chief. And if it's a little unsettling for the for the moment, I'm sure we'll get is used to it. Is it trying be... to be the same voice or is it like, this is a younger version and, and like definitely yeah. a different person? Because that's a long time for a voice actor to be on the same job. No matter, 20 years, people age in that time. Like that person's voice has to have changed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's close enough if you're trying to get a relative. It's not, it's not jarring, like, so it's not like um, something that's completely that field. It's just not the original. So, and the guy, and I think the, the young man that's playing Master Chief is the same guy that played in um, Gods, uh, American Gods. He was like the main character in American Gods, if I remember right. Oh, thank you, Ryder. He just mm-hmm. uh, sent me a, uh, an IMD page regarding him. Uh, maybe not. Well, no, I think that, no, 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 that isn't him. Well, anyways, um, mm-hmm. it can be just a little jarring, but I, I think we'll all get used to it. We just want to see mm-hmm. Master yeah, Chief. He, thing. He's in American Gods. Um, he's also, I personally knew him from, he's in The Wire, season two of The Wire. He plays the nephew. Ah. He plays, uh, he plays, uh, uh, Nikki, I believe. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's who's Master Chief? Yeah. He doesn't seem like he would be buff enough for that. Yeah. But. So, I mean, obviously, okay. Wire was like, you know, a long time ago. So, time yeah. Ago. So, you know, he's definitely older, but that's that's who is. So, I was really surprised about that, too. Like, that was him. Huh. That's, that's interesting. Well, we'll see. We'll see how, how, how it goes. Like I said, it looks pretty. <laughs> All right. Well, if a $69 billion acquisition of Activision and a $4 billion acquisition of Bungie isn't enough to convince you that the video game industry has a lot of money in it um, and that it's a big money-making machine, um, it even trickles down to the individual personal level. So a sealed Sega Genesis uh, Madden game has sold to an individual for $400,000 because that's stuff is that valuable it's that valuable if somebody pays that much money for it yeah (laughs) that's a lot of money i i hope that's a good investment on that guy's part i'm sure it will be just the fact that it was bought for that much in the beginning just i feel like it's going to sell for more because now it's got a splashy pr story attached to it but yeah would you you? i don't know no i I mean that that seems like that seems like way overkill i get why it's selling now because uh the the namesake of the game john madden who who Mm. used to be a coach uh he passed away a couple of weeks ago so Mm. i can understand why people like want to get it now because the 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 scarcity of seeing his face on on these games anymore is, is, is going to be gone. Too. So I get that, but four hundred stacks, golly, n- hell no, I'm not paying that much for man. <laughs> Why? How do you resell that? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. It's just weird. It was weird when they did it with the Zelda game. I think they did it with a yeah. Mario game too, not too terribly long ago. Yeah, you know, it's just just a symbol of a cultural icon. It's important, yeah. right? It's important, definitely impactful culture, but 
It's just a lot of money. That's a, lot, a lot of, of money. dough. That's a lot of dough for a game you are not going to play. Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't know about that. I hope that guy made a wise investment. I hope he gets at least something back, uh, some sort of return that's fair for him. But good Lord, that's just a little bit too much for me. It's a little, a little out of my price range. Um, so Epic has largely lost to Apple, but 35 states are now backing its fight in a higher court. So summary of this story goes as follows. So 25 U.S. state attorney general, attorneys general, the EFF, Microsoft, and many special interest groups have filed support in Epic v. Apple appeal regarding the den- denouncing Apple's monopoly over distribution on iOS applications. So Epic Games may have largely lost most of its ma- major lawsuit that um, that it had against Apple that we covered pretty heavily last year, but it's not going down without a fight and it has some major support backing it up in its corner. So soon after the Epic Games v. Apple ruling was issued, Epic appealed and on January 17th, a large coalition of 35 state attorneys general, Microsoft and the Electronic Frontier Foundation has taken up the fight with Epic to kind of battle it out. So in summary, Apple has a complete monopoly and complete control over the distribution of any sales that goes through its iOS products, iOS devices. So basically via the app store, they take out a major cut um, of the profits um, or I guess, sorry, of the revenue. And Epic was really pushing back on that because Epic tried to subvert Apple by selling their V-Bucks, their in-game currency for Fortnite, off the Apple store in an mm-hmm. actual epic.com somewhere on a browser. And then you could take that currency and spend it in the iOS version of Fortnite. Epic got, or sorry, Apple got super mad about it. That was against their policy. They sued. Apple basically won, but a lot of people are still pushing to, to change that policy and, and able to enable them to sell currency in a way that's not exclusively through this monopolistic practice where Apple controls the distribution completely. So what do you think? I know that's a lot of stuff right there, but <laughs> thoughts? Well, I'm, I've, I've, I've been scratching my head on this. I've been scratching my head on this for a while because I'm like, they created their own platform. That is their platform that they created to put Fair. their games and have anybody on their platform who they deem fit. So for them mm-hmm. to say it's a monopoly, it's just... I. I I just don't see how they connect the dots. I mean, Apple isn't even like the the isn't even leading the market with with phones in the United States, and definitely not in the world. They're not leading. Um, they're not leading the market in in computing devices uh, as far as computers are, are are concerned at all either. So it's just it's just weird. Now I know it's easy. It's an easy target because they're they're the big bully, and one somebody just tried their shot and missed. So you might as well go for it. So I get that, but. The whole like you, I demand to be able to walk in your house and you know eat and do what I want in your house is just odd to me. I've never been I, able to connect those dots. I think that makes sense on its face, but when you look at the context uh, and what I mean, so yes, Apple does not have a majority market share of all devices, all phone devices in the US. However, it has a pretty fucking huge chunk of it, right? And and for the rest of the world too. Uh, I mean, really, if you want to sell or you want to distribute like a mobile game per se or any sort of mobile app, like you, you absolutely have to distribute it on iOS and Android. 
you know, Android is produced and distributed and blah, 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 by a ton of different companies, but Apple mm -hmm. is by far the biggest player in the mobile device ecosystem, right? Nobody even comes close to competing with it. So to say that, yeah, you know, Apple built this ecosystem and is controlling mm -hmm. it. Therefore you have to go by my rules. I think that makes sense on its face, but it kind of doesn't acknowledge that Apple also pretty much owns like just a massive portion of the market. And is that really fair? Is that really fair when like everybody has just accepted that Apple controls all iPhones, therefore we all have to do what Apple does? It's called the iPhone because they made it. Like it's just, I mean, I get, I get why people are mad at Apple. I totally get it because they're the most profitable company uh, in, in, in the world. I get that. So, you know, you're going to sit on the throne. You, there's going to be shots, you know, you're, you're going to take shots at the, at the throne, but like, but when you sit down and you just really think about it, it's like you build your house, you've lived in it and, and, and you have family and guests that come, come in there and they're like, well, I demand that you let me into your fridge. I demand mm -hmm. that you, it's like, this is your house. You, you built it and, and they built it. They built a damn good house that doesn't leak. You know, they make sure that all the money, if you're going to play ball in here that I built, you're going to pay me X amount of money. Now, if I'm a developer, of course, I'm going to feel some kind of way because I want to, I feel like I've built this cool little program and I want people on that particular device to use it. And I want to be able to dictate my own price or I can go to where the other other majority is. Now, now Apple does have the majority in sales, but they, I don't believe they have the majority regarding devices. And, and especially, like I said, especially globally, there's a whole other world that you can go out there and sell to, but it's just Apple's device is hot. It's just the hottest one out. I know so you, you don't I, I think know. there's a point at which like Apple can get too big because the part where like it makes sense on its face, but once they're a certain size, then it has an outsize influence on the market, right? And so, so then it's like, it starts to kind of like buff up against like antitrust principles. At what point is something too big, has too much control over an entire market, an entire ecosystem? If Apple goes away, it, I mean, it can basically dictate the terms of not just its own like direct control over what they have, but also, you know, send rippling effects throughout the rest of the industry, even over things that they don't own because they're so big, they can basically set the standard for anything. So that's where I feel like there's a point where it becomes too big and then it's like not really a fair market anymore, right? There isn't fair competition. So Apple- There is, is. Epic there's a whole majority. There's like, and let me say there's a majority market that is out there, but it's, it's just not as profitable as their smaller, more niche niche market i like okay and then so monopolies like let's just say let's just take bell for example before it split into at&t and before it split into singular and all this other stuff like bell had a monopoly they were the only phone service in the country that was it and the government was like you absolutely got to break this up that makes sense there was no other option period you know you either went with bell or or, or you didn't have a phone, you know? So that, that makes sense. You know, when they're breaking up something like the oil barons or they broke up standard oil because there was no other place, like no other place to get it. There are no other options unless you legitimately physically go overseas to get oil. That is a monopoly. This is a monopoly on paper. It's not a real monopoly. There are other options. It's just people don't want to use them because they're not as profitable. There's a difference. Mm, I mean, okay, so as a consumer, they don't have a monopoly, right? Like as a consumer, I can buy either a Samsung Android device yeah. or I can find mm -hmm. an Apple, but 
when we're talking about the other perspective of the perspective of the developers, mm -hmm. then it's a lot more nuanced, right? Because if you want to, if you want to distribute an app and, and, you know, supposedly make it available to everybody in the world that would want to, or at least everybody in your country, then you have two choices. You can either do it on the Google play store, um, with and or just Android voice, you can still publish and, and distribute apps not through Google Play. So it's not like Google has a complete lock and key on all Android devices. It, it doesn't, right? But Apple is different. If you have an, an Apple device, you have to use the App Store. And if you're a publisher, if I am trying to make a game and I want it to get out, to get it out as many customers as possible, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to go choose my customers or choose my marketplace. Like I want to make it available to everybody. Um, and I have two choices to do it, Apple um, or iOS and Android. Um, and when you cut out half of the market or that part of the market has such a hold that you can't even like negotiate terms, you can't, you know, they take such a huge portion out of your revenue, then that does hurt developers because they can't distribute the same way that they can on, on Android. It's not quite- But can they still free. distribute? They can still distribute. And can yeah, they still course. distribute to a majority market? They can, but I think so my <laughs> my thought is no, that no, I, I, no. I, I eventually listen. I, I do think eventually Apple's going to have to give it up. They're going to have to. It's, 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 it seems like it's inevitability. They're going to have way too many people gunning for them. And just like Standard Oil and Bell and all them, it will be broken mm. broken in a way so that other people can have a fair uh, a chance at 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 the market. Um, but it's just. The way that they're describing it to me is just, it just sounds silly. Let's just call it what it is. You got too big and we want a piece of it. Now, if they said that, I'd be like, yeah, y'all got too big and we want a piece mm. of it. We need to break your big profitable ass down. But to, it's the moral high ground that, that, that I guess that's more of, more of the thing that, that gets me more so than everything. It's like, how could they do this when they built it? Of course they could do that. They, they, you know how many billions and billions of dollars in research and development that they made to create this device. Mm -hmm. And now they're being forced to have to, to, to dictate towards somebody else's terms on how to use it and how to profit from it. If mm -hmm. I created that, I would feel some kind of way. I just mm -hmm. want people to call it for what it is. I'm trying to sound noble about it. It's just like, they're too big. They make too much money. And I want in say that. And I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. But don't sit here and try to tell me that it's some kind of noble effort and that these poor developers don't have any other choice. Cause that's just simply not the case. Yeah. Well, I don't know if anybody's arguing that anything about capitalism is noble or, or moral. Right. So I'm with you there. No, that's true. I'm definitely with you there. <laughs> However, a free and open market with lots of competition and lots of options is also a good thing. I don't know about moral thing. I think it's a good thing. And it would certainly be a good thing for consumers if Apple would, would be less restrictive, right? Because really? Epic tried to sell their V-Bucks to consumers, their digital currency to consumers outside of the app store. And if other developers can do that, then you know what what's what's to say that those developers uh, publishing those games wouldn't offer those kind of uh, in-game currency for cheaper options or cheaper prices outside of the app store. But the app store takes like 30%. Um, and so they're kind of locked into a, a place where they can't actually access their consumers and give them pricing options because they can only sell them in one marketplace within the app right. store.
they can't give it to them online. And that's really what started the whole thing. So, um, so a broad ruling from Apple would leave, uh, this is a quote from the article saying, a broad ruling from Apple could leave little room uh, for a limited principle to prevent Apple from leveraging its control of iOS to foreclose competition in countless adjacent markets. So basically, Microsoft is saying that it it's, it's too big and it controls too much of the market and it's not really a free market anymore um, if they get to a certain point. Which, you know, I know, it's, this is fun disagreeing with you because we end up always agreeing on everything. But I actually agree with Microsoft on this one. It's kind of fun to finally spar for once in a while. All right, so then they go, they go on to say that a holistic review of the district court's factual findings will show mm -hmm. that Apple does have market power in app distribution um, and that its proffered justifications for restrictive app store policies do not outweigh the anti-competitive effects of those policies. So basically they're saying that yes, they have control, but they're not so, it's not so much control at this point, which is what the judge has said, that, um, that it becomes like anti, it starts varying into antitrust character. It seems like it came really close and that seems to be the fundamental argue, argument against Apple, but it seems like the judge ruled not against Apple in this case, but I don't know. I would like to see more competition. Um, there's been a lot of acquisitions, as we just said, in the video game industry. I think more competition is better when you have these big players acquiring everything and, and completely owning the distribution methods of playing games. When you, when you have these big players like Apple completely controlling the, the financial pipelines, the revenue, the percentage of revenue that everybody gets to keep, you know, that's just more control and a, and a more restrictive market. And I think a freer, more open market would benefit developers and it would benefit consumers. Of course, it's going to develop or benefit us. But I think specifically there is a case to be made for it developing or for it to benefit developers, because the more it benefits them, the more they can innovate, the more they can play or develop indie games. Um, you know, develop games that we haven't seen before, make, you know, interesting new monetization models. Like, you know, that doesn't sound very exciting, but it can be really exciting and really beneficial to us as consumers. So less restriction is, is a good thing to me. That's my thought. But gross, well, I feel have, like I sound like a libertarian. Disgusting. Uh, <laughs> well, there, there's, there's 35 states. I mean, there's only like 15 left, right? To, to try and like persuade to, to, to get on your cause. So that's, yeah. that's a very, that's very telling in itself. Right. Um, and it, all it's, in all, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. All in all, I think we have not heard the last of this story. We covered it pretty heavily last year. It's already January. We're, we're already getting back into it. So I think there's more to come. Stay tuned on more, um, on more updates regarding the story. We will bring them here to you on Geek Beast every day or every weekday. 7.30, right? Uh, I'll yep. see you guys next Monday, and Trey will see you guys tomorrow. I think that's it for tonight. Good night, guys.